Hello and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Uh, morning everyone. Um, just in case any of you don't know who I am, my name is Bev Ashton and I'm um, a member here at uh, Waypoint Church. Um, I know some of you will have heard of Rock Projects before, but I'm also aware that some of you might not have done. So I'm going to introduce you to them, talk a little bit about my background um, and then Waypoint's involvement with them, and then sort of a little bit of the future um, before we hear from uh, Roy, one of the people who is part of Rock Projects. Um, So Rock Projects is based in Uganda, um, about 45 minutes outside of the capital city, Kampala. There is a place called Kachetika, and another village called Basika, and Rock Projects um, work from there. Rock Projects was set up by um, a husband and wife couple called Peter and Rose Kazozi. Um, Peter had a pretty rough um, childhood and upbringing, but as a result of that, God gave him a real heart and a compassion for the people where he lived, and he didn't want to see children go through some of the difficult times that he'd gone through as a child. He wanted to give them an opportunity to have an education, to have relief from poverty, give them a hope and a future, and to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Rock Projects was set up about 25 years ago um, in a house with about eight people, but now they have um, over 1,000 children going to primary and secondary schools in Kachetika and Basika, and they also run a church and a little bit more that um, we'll go on to um, in a moment. But my my background, my involvement with Rock Projects goes back to about 2012, when a group of the young adults um, from my church that I was in in Scotland um, went out on a mission team to Uganda for a couple of weeks, and I was very happy to financially and prayerfully support the nice young people going off and doing the hard work in mission, and I was happy to be quite comfortable sat at home praying for them and they had a fantastic time um, one of them Caitlin ended up going back for a gap year marrying the son of um, Peter and Rose and is now out there long term that's not a prerequisite of going on mission but that's that's her story um, and so so began a long-term relationship with Rock Projects and my old church up in Scotland Um, Then back in 2017, um, God prompted me to move from being the nice, comfortable person praying and sitting in the seat and giving my money to actually going myself. So I went out in 2017 with a team of people from my church and we helped to paint some classrooms and do a little bit of bricklaying, but we soon got sacked from that and some local Ugandans took over and built a kitchen for for the school. Um, So began my love of the people of Africa and Uganda particularly and for rock projects. Um, When I then moved down south here, um, I didn't want to lose that um, sort of connection with rock projects and God um, put a crazy idea in my head to cycle from Land's End to John O'Groats to raise some money to help the children to have some dormitories built so that children who couldn't come to school without a safe place to live um, because it's too far away um, were able to come and some of you generously sponsored me for that crazy cycle um, ride so thank you very much (laughs) Um, and and then um, that was just the beginning of introducing Waypoint to Rock Projects. Really I then applied to the Grand Five 
project that the mission team um, had um, a few years ago where they set aside some money each year to encourage us to support mission organizations and a group of us were due to go out um, in 2020 to um, Uganda to help do some um, DIY work out there and build a playground um, for the children but as you will know COVID hit and unfortunately um, we weren't able to um, go out there. Um, however um, as a team we didn't want to let our two weeks that we were meant to be out, out there pass by so um, I contacted Caitlin and she came up with the crazy idea that we should eat rice and beans and porridge for 10 days um, and um, donate the money that we've saved from what we would have eaten and also get you lovely people to sponsor us. Um, we sent the money out there and they used that to provide food parcels for people who were desperately in need of food, just as we've got the food parcels here with the hub. Um, it was great to be able to partner with um, Rock Projects in that way. Um, however, um, the plan had been to go out and hopefully one day we will get out to Uganda. That dream has not, not disappeared. It's just on hold in God's timing. Um, but the, the money that we had set aside for the playground did get sent out and some of the local Ugandans have built that playground with the generosity um, of Waypoint. So here are a few photos of the children um, building it and then enjoying playing on the playground. Um, they enjoyed that for a few weeks. And then, unfortunately, um, lockdown number two hit for Uganda. And so, sadly, the schools are closed at the moment and um, they're back in a lockdown situation. But I know that they'll be looking forward to getting back to that. Hopefully, by um, the beginning of next year, they'll be back to school um, properly. Um, so it started very much as a vision for the sort of the children um, rock projects. But Peter's vision and rock projects vision really is for the whole community out there. So they've done some other things as well. One of the big things that opened about Easter of our first lockdown um, was a medical centre in um, Kibanga, so that's part of Basika. Um, I guess we've all become very appreciative of our NHS here. Unfortunately, they don't have an NHS in Uganda and medical um, treatment is very difficult to come by and very costly. So we've set up a medical centre um, near the school in Basika to serve both the children and uh, the wider community. So that's just a really early project. It's been going for about a year now. Um, and they also want to equip and help the people in the community. So another thing they've done is they have set up a um, tailoring group um, and taught some of the mums um, of the children who go to the school how to sew so that they can make the school uniforms. They made some face masks and different things um, in order to be able to um, upskill them and um, get an income for themselves. So the, the vision really is for the whole community to be transformed um, but it's not just about the physical things. It's also about transforming them spiritually in a relationship with God. Peter and Rose themselves are pastors. And in the last um, sort of nine months, uh, Roy, their son, has also taken on the role of becoming a pastor. And we're going to have the privilege of hearing him speak to us um, shortly. Um, so um, he, Roy has taken on the pastorship of the church at Basika. And um, over the last few months, it has grown. And they now have over a thousand people going to their church on a Sunday. Sunday, um, and as a result, they've outgrown their church. So the next big, big project for um, them is to build a bigger building. I guess we at Waypoint can know what that feels like. Um, so it would be really great for you guys to um, pray um, for that next adventure for them and for Roy as he sets out in his sort of early, early role as a minister and things. Um, we're going to hear from Roy um, in a moment. Um, he's recorded a message for us. Um, so why don't I pray for him um, and then we will um, hear him speak to us. 
Heavenly Father, I do thank you for Roy. Thank you for the gift that you've given him to open your word and the love he has to share the gospel with others. Thank you for the privilege that we have of being able to hear him this morning. And I just pray that you would speak through him into our hearts and our lives. Amen. We're in church. Praise God. My name is Roy Kasozi and I come from Uganda and I work with Rock Projects Uganda. It's a blessing today to bring God's word to you guys and uh, I got to know about Waypoint Church through a mutual friend and that is Bev Ashton and uh, it's just a joy to you know to be able to you know join with you brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. So let's pray before we listen from God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your grace and mercy, O oh Father. We just thank you for the beauty and the power that is in your word, O oh God, King of Glory. I just pray, Lord, that you use this word, O oh Father, to change our lives, you know, to revamp our spirits, O oh God, that we will receive the grace that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, today's message says, do not beat yourself up when God's forgiven you. Do not beat yourself up when God's already forgiven you. And the idea is that uh, sometimes it's very easy to fall into the temptation of judging ourselves when we do something that is undeserving of God. And uh, it's very easy to impose guilt and impose judgment on our lives in hopes, in thinking that that is the heart of God, that God will not forgive the person we are because of the things we've done because of our past because of our errors because of our mistakes and it's very easy to feel like uh, you know your faith is based on your actions but i'm here to say that who the son set free is free indeed i'll give you an example uh one day i was watching a, a movie and it uh it, it's one of those series and you have to watch a few episodes and uh, it got a bit inappropriate. The language wasn't really, you know, <laughs> good, and uh, some of the, you know, the scenes were a bit, you know, too much for my taste and too much for my spirit. I felt like God's spirit was, you know, not happy with the information that I was feeding my mind with. So I thought I should get this off. But then there was that, you know, ah, well, I've washed. I've already washed it. I could as well just, you know, finish it up. And I knew that I was being disobedient with, you know, the conviction that I had in my heart. Anyway, finished the movie, went to bed. But in the morning when I came to do my quiet time, when I always pray in the morning, uh, and I felt it so hard to enter into God's presence. I felt like God was so annoyed at me because I was disobedient. I felt like there was that barrier. Obviously, so I said, Father, forgive me for, you know, the wrong things I've done. But uh, it took me ages and ages to get to a point where I realized that God has actually forgiven me. The time I've said, forgive me, I've received the forgiveness that, you know, I've asked for. But uh, still, I just felt a barrier. But then I reached a certain point and I said, you know what, this time is not about me and what I've done and my abilities. But it is about a God who loves us unconditionally. It is about a God whose grace surpasses our understanding. And I said, if I've come here, let me use this time to give glory and honor 
and praise to that one true God who loves us in ways that no man can love us. So I just said, enough is enough. I know God is forgiven me. I know God will receive me. He receives me. He accepts me the way I am. And I just started giving praise and honor and glory to God. And I think it's one of my all-time favorite, you know, quiet times, like sessions, because I was just like, I'm so undeserving of your grace. I'm so undeserving of your love. But how beautiful it is to know that you received me. So I want to speak to someone out there. Sometimes it's very easy. Some of us are in leadership positions. You could be a a leader in the church, you could be among the elders, you could be the deacon, and it's very easy often for us when we sleep. And sometimes it comes from the congregation, sometimes it comes from the people around you, and they would give you an impression that you've not beaten the standards. Uh, very often I hear, surely for someone who's an elder, they shouldn't be doing this. Surely for a pastor, surely for a person who comes to the church, they shouldn't have acted like that. But I'm here to say, that we serve a God who sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us and it was for freedom that Christ came to set us free and uh, we need to come to God's throne in confidence not or in our not in self-confidence but in the confidence of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ see the devil wants to use guilt to deny you a relationship with God. He wants to put it in your mind that God does not accept you, that God will not receive you. But we need to step up and know the truth and go back to the truth and say this is what God's word says. The Bible says that even though your sins are red as scarlet, he will forgive you. He will wash you as white as snow. So don't let the enemy play funny games with you because the truth is God loves and he receives you. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, and it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He's saying let's storm, let's approach God's throne of grace. It is the throne of grace when we come to God by saying let's go there with confidence, with confidence that he accepts us the way we are, with confidence that he is our dear father. It reminds me of the prodigal son. He knew that he, he knew that he had messed up but he had he knew a secret that he, between him and his dad, there was a father-to-son relationship, and that meant everything. That could cover up for anything. So I don't know who's there. I hope this message has been a blessing to you, but I pray that you'll be drawn to accept the grace of God and that you'll enjoy a sweet relationship. Sometimes it's very easy to just, you know, impose the guilt and the judgment, but just receive that free gift of God through Jesus Christ. So Romans 8, Romans 8, 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, basically nothing, no height, no depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us 
from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to me. I pray that you have that confidence in the throne of grace and just enter into the presence of God and enjoy your relationship with him because he is receiving you right now with arms open wide. Thank you so much. My name is Roy Kasozi and I'll pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We just thank you so much, Lord, that you receive us, O oh God, that you accept us, O oh Father, that even when, you know, we were still sinners, O oh God, King of glory, you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, O oh Father. O oh, what manner of love the Father has given us and to us that we will be called true sons of God. Thank you so much, O oh God. There's nothing we could do but to give you praise and to give you honor, to give you glory. In Jesus' name, we've prayed. You may be there and you've never received the free gift of salvation through Christ Jesus. And you say, I would like to be a part of God's family and I want to take on the grace, the free gift of grace that Jesus has to provide so I can become you know, a part of God's family. It's very simple. One is to believe that Jesus is God's son. Two is to believe that he died for your sins and that through him we can get to the Father. And if that is you, repeat this prayer after me. Just say, thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. Wash away my sins and cleanse me with the precious blood of Jesus that I can be in your family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be able to speak to you, wonderful people of God. And I pray that this won't be the last time. Have yourself a lovely day. God bless. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the message that Roy uh, brought us there, that actually it doesn't matter who we are, how we are, what we are, Lord, we can come to you. And you are a God who doesn't turn us away. You're a forgiving God, Lord. And all we've got to do is come to you, confess, recognize your Lordship, Lord. Father, I want to pray uh, for Rock's project this morning. I want to thank you uh, for the people out there, the wonderful work they do, uh, the church that's growing, Lord, that... Uh, uh, all the fantastic stuff that's happening, the children at school, Lord. Father, I pray for those children who've missed uh, perhaps a huge chunk of their education as a result of COVID, Lord. Father, I just pray that you'll work in and amongst that community, Lord. I pray that you'll just um, give the children what they need, Lord. They're probably, some of them stuck at home, maybe in difficult circumstances. Lord, I just pray for protection for them. I pray for your sustainment. I pray for your presence for them, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for all the people who work, not just out there in Uganda, but who support them uh, from the UK, who prayerfully support, financially support, who go out there and visit, Lord. Because, uh, Father, it is so good to remember that we're not an isolated church. We're part of the family of God that is worldwide. And, Father, we just lift our brothers and sisters uh, in Uganda uh, to you at the moment, Lord. You're, they're facing difficulties. They're facing challenges, Lord, like we do. But we have the same awesome uh, God, the God who, the God of miracles, the God who can do so much more than we could ever hope for. So, Father, I just pray uh, your blessing 
on Rock's project. Father, I pray that that country, Lord, they might have a, a good vaccination program. Uh, they might have an end to lockdown. There might be a restart of their economy, Lord. There might be uh, just the freedom then for children to go back to school, for the church to meet. Father, I thank you for the work that church is doing. I thank you that it's growing. I thank you that they've got the best problem, Lord, and that's they haven't got a big enough building because that means your word is speaking to people, Lord. Father, I pray for uh, the spiritual leaders. I also pray for those who are uh, the practical leaders of the, the, the organizations out there, Lord. Bless them. Keep them strong. Keep them connected. Keep them rooted in you, Lord. And Father, I just pray a blessing on Rock's Project this morning. Amen. Uh, I've got the... Um I'm going to pray for Afghanistan, which is a huge, uh, you know, it's, it's very hard to, to do without emotion, actually, and to do, to know where to start. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start, and then I'm going to leave a, a, like a little gap of, of quiet just for each of you in your own hearts to bring Afghanistan um, and the people of Afghanistan to God. Um, I was thinking when I was worshipping, it was just such a beautiful thing to have four such beautiful women leading us in worship and that is quite unusual for us to actually to have so many women on the stage and and it really made me think about you know all those women and girls who whose lives have so, you know are so that hope seems to have been taken away and I just uh, yeah I mean it's such a small thing it's so trivial in a sense in our world but in it's so huge um, you know it seems that we have that freedom is so amazing. So yeah, I'm just gonna start and see how it goes. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I know that you are the creator of the world. And I know that I am tiny and small and, and yet you love me. And I know that I feel helpless to pray, Lord, but I know that you, you never feel helpless, although you must feel so much pain when you look at your people and, and how much we, create such pain out of such beauty that you have given us. So Father, I just bring to you Afghanistan. I bring each individual person that is there and I thank you that you love all of them. Wherever they are, whoever they are, whatever they have done, whatever they, you know, everybody is your child and I pray for you to protect your people, Lord. Lord, I pray for people who are seeking to leave. I pray that you would give them safe passage. I pray for time, Lord. I pray that you would give the leaders of, uh, who have power in America, in this country, all over the world, to make time to, to do things. Give them, give them that ability to take action. Those who can sit in their safe houses and say, this is what's going to happen. But I just pray for wisdom, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for all the women and girls who have begun to have hope of a different way of life, and I pray that you would not take that hope from them. I pray that that hope would still burn in their hearts, and I pray that the freedoms that they have begun to experience would not be taken away, Lord Jesus. I pray that the words that are spoken by the Taliban that so many people are so distrustful of, I pray that some of that would actually come into fruition that it wouldn't be the same as it was before. Lord, you say about new things and new ways, and you can use even the darkest of things and turn them into the most beautiful and the most amazing. So, Lord, we, we just cry out to you now, and we all bring our hearts to you just for a few moments.
Lord Jesus, let us not despair, but let us hold to the hope that you have given us and to lift all the people and to continue to pray for Afghanistan, however helpless we feel, because we know the creator God. And we pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Back in 2018, I had the uh, joy and the privilege of going to Sierra Leone um, and uh, spending a, a mission team a couple of weeks or 10 days or so with uh, Enable the Children. And we're going to hear from them uh, shortly, but um, let's just pray for Enable the Children. Father, it's, it's easy to um, perhaps sit in our relatively comfortable Western uh, homes, Lord, and think how tough life is, Lord. But, Father, uh, we think of uh, the teams of Enable the Children uh, uh, in Sierra Leone, in Freetown, Lord, the work they do, uh, how they get up, they climb mountains, they run up hills uh, to uh, be with children, to help children who have um, physical and mental disabilities, Lord. Father, I just thank you, and I thank you so much for them, Lord, because it's tough to look after um, a disabled person, Lord, in our comfortable Western homes, but, Lord, it is so tough out there. Father, I just pray, Lord, especially as they go into the rainy season, and that makes things difficult to travel. Um, sickness is a bit more rife, Lord. Father, I just pray that you'll protect the children, you'll protect their carers and families, you'll protect... The, the workers have enabled the children, Lord, and that they will just bring your love, your compassion, uh, your healing, Lord, into those homes, and that they might just dispel any darkness so people can just turn and focus on you. People will be aware of your love. Father, I thank you for, for each of them, Lord. They are they're an awesome group, Lord. Father, I just... Uh, I can see their faces. I can't remember all their names, Lord, but Father, I just pray for each and every one of them that you'll be with them. You'll be with Anna, who leads the team. You'll be with Rob, who we're going to hear from, Lord. But Father, you'll be with all the, the local Sierra Leoneans as well, Lord. Bless them. Keep them strong. Keep them protected. Keep them healthy. But Lord, also bless those children. Bless those families and their carers, Lord. Father, I really pray for them because it's it's so tough for them, and, and life is tough out there anyway, Father. Be with them. Father, I pray that we might lean in, we might support, we might encourage, we might pray for them more. And Father, as, as the teams out there look to perhaps extend what they do, work out how they might be more effective, how they might grow the help they give those families, Lord, I pray that you will just give them wisdom, you'll give them insight, You'll give them the open doors in, I don't know, government departments or wherever it is, Lord, that enables them to move beyond what they're doing now, to help more, to spread your word more, to be the hands and feet, the loving heart of Jesus in that community, Lord. Bless them now. Amen. Hello, hello. I'm uh, Verity, and uh, I'm another member of this church, and uh, I'm going to get you all to stand on your feet, because you've been down for a while. 
You're very willing. If you're at home, you can stand on your feet as well. Um, now, what I could do in true Sierra Leone style is get you dancing in the aisles, having a wild service, praising God, and, uh, but I'm not going to do that, don't worry. What I am going to say is our colouring... Um, I cannot only have my two sons submitting some colouring. So no matter what age you are, get a bit of colouring therapy going. Go out and get yourself a picture, get some colouring going. Please do some colouring for the children. It's a great way for them to um, read a Bible verse that's about God's heart for the world. Um, and if you don't want to do colouring, you can sit down now. But now is the chance for you to go, <laughs> to go and get your colouring if you want to join in with that competition. Cake and coffee at the, coffee, at the cafe here. Who could not want that? Come on, you can do it. If you're at home, I guess you can colour your own pictures. You can send them in to us and uh, we'll gratefully receive those as well. In the meantime, I'm going to start uh, telling you a little bit about Enable the Children. So um, I've been part of this church for 10 years now, over 10, nearly 11 years. And um, I moved back to the UK um, having spent about four or five years living in Sierra Leone. I moved back in around 2009. Now, in Sierra Leone, um, I was uh, a little crazy, shall we say. I went there initially with Mercy Ships, but then I went on and discovered a need for children with disabilities to be receiving some kind of input, some kind of therapy care. So my background is I'm a physiotherapist. Um, at the time, I was a very young physiotherapist, and I thought, you know, God had shown me this stuff with my eyes that I couldn't turn my face away from them. And uh, in the Mercy Ships Rehab Center, we'd see a child maybe once and then never again. And I knew that there were hundreds out in the communities that were having no input at all. So I spoke to another organization and another organization and another organization, and nobody was prepared to take the risk that I was going to take to step out and find these children and meet them in their own homes. So I kind of went it alone. I had some really good connections in the country, some um, doctor friends um, and some nurse friends and uh, some wonderful Sierra Leoneans who are willing to help me learn the local language and accompany me out into the villages um, around Freetown to find these children. And honestly, God opened door after door. One child was brought to me, and then the story would go, a sister of an auntie of a, of a neighbor of mine, uh, they've got a disabled child, would you come and see them? And then there was another one in that same street, and then there was another one in that same village, and then we got taken to another part of the city. And one by one, these children were brought to us, or we were brought to them, and we were able to help them with the most basic of exercises, but made such a difference to their lives. That was over 10 years ago now, and um, I'm no longer living in Sierra Leone. I'm here. Um, I have brought my family up here. Um, but there are an amazing group of, of people out in Sierra Leone, um, one British, one American, and the rest are Sierra Leoneans that we've trained to be rehab workers. Um, and I'd love you to get a taste of what's going on in Sierra Leone. So we've got um, a YouTube clip here, a day in the life of the uh, Enable the Children team, and it says it all from there. So enjoy the video. My name's Anna Vines. I'm the Programme Director and Physiotherapist of the Enable the Children Programme under World Hope International. We provide home-based and clinic-based therapy to children with disabilities across this city. 
We see the need to visit these children in their homes uh, because often children with disabilities uh, are not seen worthing the time, energy and resources uh, to bring them to a specialist rehabilitation centre. So going to see them, we get to see them in their own environment. We get to see where they like to play, who they like to hang out with, and we can also really um, just get to invest in the community around them as well so that the child is loved and nurtured. We often can spend up to an hour, hour and a half traveling to go and see different people and the children in the different communities. And, uh, and so it takes a lot of work. It's not easy, but we love doing our work. And today we're going to take you on a home visit to go and see our friend Alassane. And uh, we're going to go and check up on how he is doing and how much progress he has made in his therapy. physiotherapy session here today and also we have family support workers here today as well um, because we're going to do a joint session where we'll do exercises but also work on some activities of daily living um, and work on his, uh, his cognitive abilities as well. we know um, that uh, through exercises actually Alassane has been getting better and he's also helping to he's also helped to improve his activities of daily living uh, with the team uh, the family support work team. God make now I can meet up now on the college bus and I talk to people. Say no, it's not landing. Now can we post now? If I return, I thank you. So now I say, ah, no, no, thank you. Yeah, the picking back and they give me coverage. Because people don't talk. If I see what I put in, I'm just say, ah, no, 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 make so. I didn't make so bad. Me not to devil. Me not a mortal man. They say they don't make so nothing they do here at the school. So if you give me the coverage, say ah. You can talk out, it's in one big lawyer. See, now we can tell not because I don't do good Sammy life. So this is a typical visit uh, today, uh, we've enjoyed meeting with Alassan, I'm so happy now that he can walk and his mum is obviously really delighted that he can walk now um, and you know Aminata's done some cognition work, Eva's done some therapy, the mum knows the exercises which is wonderful and so now we can go back and we'll do our charts and document everything that we need to um, in order to make sure that we've got everything documented uh, so we can continue to track his progress. We're really happy with the visit today.
a comparison, we would often find these children when we first meet them in the back of a dark, one-bedroomed, corrugated iron hut where they live, not interacting with anyone, no stimulation in front of them, often lying on their back getting pressure sores, uh, getting stiff and tight in certain muscles because they're not being given the opportunity to sit up or to move. Um, all with varying levels of disability, but um, just to see Alison there um, interacting with maybe siblings, maybe neighbours, kids all kind of joined together normally in Sierra Leone, and just to see him interacting with them and being accepted and not being outcast as being a demon-possessed child, uh, it just makes such a difference to these families. And um, every time I see kind of stories like that and see children where they've literally had their lives transformed by um, a small team of people going in and encouraging them mother, encouraging the community, encouraging the children to accept the child with disabilities and to play with them just like they are any other child. And they have fun and they have a life and that's just super. So um, uh, because we're doing the 10 talks this morning, uh, there is uh, an American chap that's working with Enable the Children at the moment. His name is Rob Brugler um, and he has got an amazing message for us this morning. And um, one of the things that can be really hard, whether you are living in a third world country or living in this country, is the feeling of being overwhelmed by what you are seeing, the, the sadness of the situation, the desperation of the situation, um, the, just the extremes of um, what, how, how big the problem is and how small we feel. Um, and I'm just going to read to you now the um, Bible passage from Matthew 14, verse 13 to 21, if you wanted to follow on. You'll know it anyway. It's the feeding of the 5,000. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where, he, uh, where he'd headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and we, we're already, it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. Uh-oh. <laughs> but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked towards heaven and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples to di who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and the children. So we're going to listen now to, um, to Rob uh, speaking from Sierra Leone. So if the quality is not wonderful, then just bear with us. Um, but it's a wonderful message. So um, sit back, enjoy your coloring, and uh, listen to Rob. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you this morning. Greetings from Sierra Leone, West Africa. My name is Rob, and I get the privilege of sharing a little bit of an update of a program that really needs no introduction. <laughs> Um, to you, enable the children. You guys have been with us literally from the beginning, from humble beginnings in 20, uh, 2007, uh, all the way up to now um, where myself and Anna, uh, who you know as a program director, 
And a team of about 20 of us now provide uh, therapy care, occupational therapy, uh, psychosocial support, uh, family support meetings um, and to about a thousand children uh, in Freetown and, and around Sierra Leone. It's incredible to see what the Lord has done just over uh, the, the last 14 years. And really what we do wouldn't be possible without churches like yourself, people that love and care about ETC. Um, you have walked this journey with us. You have supported us. You have prayed with us. And uh, what your support does, um, it impacts the program on a daily basis. Uh, and I get to share a little bit about that in a little bit later. But Veradid asked us to just give an update on the program, uh, talk about what the Lord is doing in ETC. And, uh, and I, I was like, yes, absolutely. I love sharing about this program. Uh, I have been here for about three years and helping with some of the logistics and team oversight and team management. Uh, and because you see, like physiotherapy and helping physiotherapy with families is very personal to me. I'm not a physiotherapist, but uh, I was born with right side uh, cerebral palsy. And so my right leg and my right arm and really my whole right side just doesn't work very well. And so I've just learned to do everything with, with my left side. And um, if you would have told me 10 years ago I'd be in Africa helping children, I thought I would think you're crazy. But it's incredible to be an opportunity to have the opportunity to, to be in a place that I can listen to, that I can encourage, and that I can walk with families that have very similar um, issues with their children that, that I had growing up. And so, and it again, it's not possible without people like you that, that have a heart and that know that your impact can go far beyond uh, what you see and to, to the farthest corners of the world. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, when Verity asked us to share, she's like, yeah, share about the program and what the Lord is doing. And as I prayed about it, and I just, this passage that she read out of, out of Matthew 14 has really kind of resonated with me personally over the last couple months. And uh, it's in the feeding of the 5,000. And it's a story that we're all um, very familiar with. And yet the reminder in that um, has keep coming back to me and over and over. And the Lord has kind of impressed upon uh, me our response to that. And so I just wanted to take, talk a, a little bit, take a few minutes and talk about it and explain why I feel like this exemplifies ETC and even your partnership with us uh, as we move into the future and see what the Lord has us to do. But if you'll notice in Matthew 14, um, Jesus is trying to get away and trying to get comfort after his after John the Baptist has died. And that doesn't last very long because people find him and they come and search after him. And, and seeing all of these people, he... Um, stops what he's doing and essentially comes and and ministers to them he comforts them he heals them and this goes on all day right and it's getting late 
And the disciples are, are seeing this. They see that the people haven't eaten all day. They see that they are very small in number and that they are a lot more of the people uh, than they have the ability. And their instinct was a natural one. They were like, okay, Jesus, we, this is great, but we need to make a decision here because if we don't, uh, people are, are going to go hungry, it's getting late, and they suggest, like, okay, let's send them away um, so they can go because it's a very remote place. And even in John, in the John chapter 6, the other version of this, a same story, says that one of the disciples was said that even eight months' wages couldn't, <laughs> couldn't allow anybody, everybody just to get a bite. So they were like, yes, please go away. Um, and let's send them away. Let's do the responsible thing. Like, we don't have the means. And Jesus' response to that question is the crux of the story. Because he then says, well, okay, well, no, actually, you, you, can, you can feed them. Uh, and I find this fascinating because it, it's not Jesus doesn't say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll fix it right away. Um, you don't, don't have to worry about it. You're right. Let me just, let me just use what I got. No. What does the Lord says? No, you, you feed them. And I think often, uh, we feel that way. (laughs) Um, when the Lord, uh, says, or when we look at a situation and it seems overwhelming to us and we say, okay, like, well, that's somebody else's problem. Go and find your own food. I can't do it by myself. And, and yet so Jesus is like, no, you can do it. And then Jesus says, simply says, okay, well, what do you have? And they were like, well, I've got five loaves and two fishes. And he's like, okay, fine, bring that to me. And so uh, I, I don't know how the disciples might be feeling, but maybe like, okay, well, this is what he said. He's done weirder things, so let's take it to him. So they bring what they have to him. And Jesus then does a few things. Well, there's one important thing. One, he he realizes that he can't do it on his own. He prays and then distributes the food. And the disciples distribute the food. And lo and behold, not only does everybody eat, you know, 5,000 men, maybe 10 or 15,000 people, but they've got basketfuls left over. And... I just had to imagine what the disciples must be feeling of like, did that really just happen? Like 10 minutes ago, like we wanted to send them away and now they're all full. How do, I don't, I don't understand. Like this doesn't make any sense. And, um, and it shouldn't because that's what Jesus is doing. And that's what Jesus, the whole crux of the story is that, when Jesus said that, no, you can feed them, he's not asking, he simply says, it, it wasn't our job, it's not our job to feed the 5,000. Our job is to bring the loaves and the fish that we have. And so, and that, as I thought about that, and it's come up in different places over the last couple of weeks, to me, that's the heart of ETC. That's the heart of your church. That's the heart of a lot of the Christian walk. Uh, and so we look around and we see the needs, whether it's in our local community, our local church, and say, I can't do it all. 
So I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. I'm going to send them away because somebody else can meet their need easier. And or I look at ETC and the thousand children that we're trying to treat and the needs that come up every day, um, day in and day out, uh, some that we can fix and others that we can simply pray with families. Uh, and I know you deal with it because if, if, we're humans and we deal with these overwhelming situations. And as much as we just want to say, it's not my responsibility, I'm going to stay here, somebody else can do it. Jesus says something different. Jesus says, bring your loaves and your fishes to me. That's your responsibility. I'll, let me take care of the rest. And it's been an encouragement to me over the last couple of weeks uh, in, in our program because as we meet the needs, more needs will come up. And as we um, go to clinics and as we go to families' homes and we're able to pray with families and we're able to um, give uh, relief to families, we know that in the end, we won't be able to fix every need and more needs will um, take their place. But if I take it back to the story, the next day, those every all of those people that were fed were probably still hungry but that's okay <laughs> that's okay we are called simply to bring the loaves and the fishes and in that is is the power of christ and that's what we're called um, to do on a daily basis and i said earlier like your support um your support changes our program every day what uh waypoint does and, and how it supports us, you, you are being the hands and the feet of Jesus because your, your support has put roofs on houses. Your support has paid medical bills that so patients could go and get, get checked out. Your support has bought, bought a radio for a child who is pretty much alone and can't go anywhere because of his muscular dystrophy. Your support has, has bought a mattress for a mom and a child who, is, uh, who didn't have anything. Your support has bought food for so many of our families. And so I know it may not seem like a lot, but your investment in ETC is, makes a difference. We see it every day. Uh, in, in very tangible ways. And I guess I want to encourage you and I thank you for your partnership. Thank you for your heart. Uh, I can't bring all the hundreds and of children that you have helped to this platform, but um, from myself, from Anna and the ETC team, we just want to say thank you. Um, thank you for your support and um as you go about your day today, we yeah we would love we would love your prayers for the work to continue, um, but simply that we would be able to bring our loaves and our fishes every day to the feet of Jesus. And I guess my prayer for you is that in turn, as you look around your communities, you look around your church, and see the needs, I pray that you would have the confidence and the courage to to bring your loaves and your fishes to the church, to the community, and together we will continue to meet the needs of people. Um, 
that's what Jesus has called us to, uh, and that's what we will do day in and day out. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, it's been great to be with you this morning and give you a little bit of an update of ETC. Um, yeah, have a great rest of your Sunday and great rest of your week. Thank you so much. All right, bye. What message that was, and um, it does help us to remember that actually these big problems are not too big uh, for Jesus, and that we need to remember to keep bringing our, our bread and our fishes, um, our fishes, our fish, to, to any needs that we see, both in our local community, in our workplaces, and our families, um, and to the situations all around the world. Um, we need to use what we have to meet those needs, um, and Jesus will do the rest. Um, just as the band are coming up, um, I uh, was encouraged by one of the um, choruses of their songs earlier, um, where it was saying that we need to trust without borders. Uh, there's a lot of talk of borders and, and refugees and people crossing borders, and we need to trust without borders. Uh, and the other line was, my faith will be made stronger. Now, if you want to grow your faith, if you want to get closer to God's Honestly, go somewhere where you are being challenged. For me, living in Sierra Leone was the biggest faith builder ever. Um, some of the people in this church have been on mission teams to various places around the world. Um, Kevin talked earlier on about a team that went out to Sierra Leone a few years ago. Uh, we did have another one planned. It got cancelled because of COVID, but it will happen again. The same with the Uganda team. It will happen again. If you feel that anything that has come up this morning that you've um, heard or you've been challenged about, please don't forget about it. Don't put it on the back burner. You need to do something about it. You need to talk to people about it. You start talking to people and it makes a commitment to God uh, and then you won't forget about it. Once God's shown you something, you can't turn your face away from it again. So um, if you want your faith to be made stronger and you want to trust without borders, then absolutely um, you can make that happen from, to, from today onwards um, and your faith will definitely grow stronger for it. Well, we're just going to start to wrap things up. There'll be a worship after me. I just wanted to, um, yeah, just to kind of close things up just by saying thank you so much um, for coming this morning. Thank you for joining us online as well. Um, and from the bottom of my heart, and obviously the, the mission team and everyone else in the church is involved in mission who aren't on the mission team, thank you so much for your generosity as a church. You know, we've heard of a couple of things that we, we can help support as a church, and um, we do more than this as well. So thank you so, so much uh, for what we give. And I think for me also having a bigger perspective, it's, you know, with COVID, we're kind of quite insular. And just to hear this morning, um, to see how God works globally, you know, and that's my prayer, just to, you know, just to acknowledge God, you know, he is bigger than this world. You know, he's bigger than our country. He's bigger than our church. He's bigger than me. And, you know, we just want more of him. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, have a fantastic week.